Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Michelle Chalfant, who is a licensed therapist, holistic life coach, author, podcaster, and developer of Adult Chair, a transformational model of self-realization. Michelle, my friend, how are you today? What is going on in your world? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Thank you. Everything is good in my world today. It's a peaceful yeah. day. It's a good day. I 
I love it. I love those days. I'm glad that you're having a good day. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, you know, it's funny reading your bio. I'm kind of like, oh shit, we're cut from the same cloth. I wonder how she got here. So out of pure yeah. curiosity and and so we can give a little context to the listeners, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. You know, and I, I love your whole message, I have to tell you, because I am someone that grew up feeling really broken. Um, I had more emotional abuse, I would say, and instability growing up. Um, grew up in Rochester, New York with a very enmeshed Italian family. <laughs> like everyone was in each other's business, no boundaries. My dad's twin brother hated my mom. There were no boundaries there. There was a lot of drinking. It was just a little chaotic, but also on the outside looking in, people thought, you know, everything was perfect. So I grew up in that found myself pretty depressed, which again, way back when nobody really talked about that kind of thing. But in high school, college, I found myself depressed, but functionally depressed. You know, I had a boyfriend, I, you know, I had friends, but on the inside, I always felt like I was holding onto the secret that I was broken. Actually, I used broken and damaged. So I had two words for myself. Um, I felt like damaged goods. And uh, again, this is way back now in my 20s. And I always also love to help people. So I had my own things that were going on and then really having this desire to help people. So very naturally, I was always drawn to spirituality. I loved meditation when meditation wasn't even a thing. Thank God, because it saved me. It's really saved my life, honestly. Learning about meditation. I was handed books. This is before the internet, I have to tell you. Um, in the 80s and 90s. There was no internet, but thank God, like friends would say, here, read this book or read that book. And it just, I was like, yes, this is like breath for me. Give me more. So I went on to become a therapist. And along the way, I also really realized um, or had this idea like, you know, I have such negative thinking inside my head. I think that I hate myself on top of everything else. So what I really need to learn how to do is to love myself. So I went on this quest in my 20s. And I feel like I'll do be on this journey for the rest of my life because I love to heal and I love to teach others how to heal. And just again, like I, I, I met with mentors and took classes and just went on to learn as much as I could from people. And along the way, I was healing. And about 10 years ago, I was working with one of my mentors and we were doing something called chair work. And this is where the whole idea for the adult chair came from. We were doing chairs and I love chairs. It's just a form of gestalt therapy where you have empty chairs and you're putting like personas in each chair. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. So created this model because it helped me so much. And I took everything that I learned over the course of about 25 years and put it into this model and kind of cobbled together a model. It is called the adult chair. I teach people how to live in the healthiest versions of themselves, emotionally speaking, because that's what I find that so many of us, there's no toolbox. Like, how do you do it? The adult chair teaches people how you do that. It teaches people how to get unstuck. So that's my whole life story in a couple of minutes there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You said something that, that sat with me for a second. You're like, I, I'm going to be doing this journey forever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the interesting misnomers in this whole process is, you know, and even one of the things I'm really diving into right now is like, there's levels to this shit. Like mm -hmm. today I feel very strong about who I am. And then someone will ask me a question and I'll go, oh shit, I'm questioning 
everything about who I am. And, and I think it's really yeah. fascinating to be in this position where you're reconciling A, all of the work that you've done and B, being like, I'm good, but C, okay, wait, there's more. One yeah. of the things I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, when you go back to being in this position in, in high school and college, having people recommend books to you, um, that strikes me as a little bit of, I, I dare want to call it odd. And the reason why is because there must have been a catalyst for that. Like, how do you get in that position where where people are actually offering you things that mm -hmm. can help you along <clears throat> your journey? Because I've always been very verbal about what I love, what I'm into. And it, it again, this is back in the 80s and 90s. Not a lot of people were, were meditating. And I remember one of the first books I was given, um, somebody handed me the book, uh, oh my gosh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And I was like, oh my God, yes. This is what I've always believed in my whole life. Thank you. I don't know. I just, I was, I, I didn't really hide how I felt. I, I'm going to say my whole life, I think I came out of the womb a very spiritual child, which is different for me than being a religious child. I was born and raised Catholic, um, but it wasn't about being Catholic. It was, it was like, I knew there was something greater than me out there somewhere. And I felt that thing inside of me. That to me is spiritual, is being spiritual. And that thing was guiding me. And that thing gave me hope all the time. And again, this is not like a religious kind of thing. It just, it drove me. So I was, I was able to speak out loud about always how I was feeling. It was very emotional, verbal about my feelings, my emotions. Um, so people would hand me books. They would invite me to classes. I mean, I remember someone said, come to this past life regression therapy thing with me. I was like, okay, let's do that. Like anything out of the norm. And way back when people called it new agey, which is pretty common now, I was doing it. I was going to yoga. Nobody really did yoga way back when. Now everybody does yoga. Way back then I was up for anything. It was like people would seek me out. It was very strange, but it just happened. So thank God. Thank God, because it's such a big part of who I am. Do you think that some of that comes from being in the family system that you're like everybody's up in anybody's shit anyway? So like or or is it just natively a part of who you are? It's it's part of it's just who I am. I mean, people today will be like, I can't believe you said that out loud to everybody. Like on my podcast and when I do like a live event, I'll tell everyone my whole story. I'll tell you any detail you want. I don't care. Like it's just who I am. And I realize actually, since having a platform now in telling that story, how it helps so many other people. And I realized like, I wish I had heard that when I was in my twenties, I would have felt less alone. I would have felt like I wasn't so broken because when you get in a group of people and you tell your story, other people go, oh, me too. Wait, that happened to me. Oh, wait, that sounds like my family. You know, and it's like, all of a sudden you don't feel like you're so broken, you're so alone. So, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's, often to your own benefit or detriment to be able to be that open. And, and the reason that I ask you that is because so many people who just feel like they're carrying the weight of this all by themselves, whatever that might be for them. And, and I think that in, in my own experience, stepping into vulnerability, like is everything because yeah. it does remove that barrier of aloneness. But at the same time, there are sometimes ramifications in that. So I guess it's two parts. One, do you feel like it's beneficial or detrimental? And and B, mm -hmm. how do you, or two, how do you reconcile, like, am I doing the right thing for the right reason by sharing this story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel like it's a good thing because, again, I feel like my mission here on this planet is to help people to transform. That is why I'm here. 
it's been inside of me since I was a little kid. I feel this just passion for helping others. My work does not feel like work. It feels like play to me. Like I get so much joy out of what I do. So sharing my story feels beneficial because I know it's helping others. The thing that was a detriment for me was that when I used to have a private practice, because I'm a therapist and a life coach as well, I was also codependent and I would carry the weight of my clients with me. So that's when it was hard. And of course, I wouldn't share to my clients on an individual basis, but that's when it was hard, harder for me, I should say, when I was codependent and I would worry about my clients and I would carry all that with me. But as far as sharing my story, I really, really feel like it only helps people. Um, and I let go of it. I mean, I'm not sure about, you know, like when you're sharing your story, do you know what I mean? Like it comes through me and I let it go and then we move on. And I'm not, I'm not tied to that story. It's, it's not who I am anymore. It's, it's, it's part of who I am. It's part of how I got here and I'm, I'm happy for that. But um, no, I feel like it's honestly, it's a positive. Does that answer both yeah. of your questions? I know yeah, you had a part. I, I, you had a part one and a part two. Yeah. I want to make sure I answered both. Yeah, well, you know, I don't. I don't think there's a right or wrong. Obviously, um, you, you know, and I, I found that the most. I, I like that you talk about the chair work and, and it being just this this kind of branch of gestalt because I found that in my own journey, um, gestalt really for me is probably the most transformational type of therapy that I was able to step into. Um, there, there's something about the practicality of it that I think that maybe other modalities miss out on. Um, for the sake of conversation and those who perhaps formed, kind of take us through the top to bottom of, of what Gestalt is, what it means, and, and, and how it works in the, the healing journey. Yeah, for sure. If I may, I'm just going to put it through the lens of the adult chair model that I created, if that's okay with you, because it's all Gestalt. There, or a big part of it is Gestalt. So Gestalt is all about, really, you hear people use the term the empty chair technique. So you can put different personas or parts of ourselves in these chairs, and it can become your mother, your father, or even a part of yourself. Let's say the perfectionist let's say it's the victim, and then you can work with those parts, whether they're part of you inside or part of you out or part or, or someone outside of yourself. It's powerful, powerful work. But with the adult chair model, it's based on three distinct aspects of your life. It's a whole life journey that we take. So we start out as children. So the first, there's three chairs. The first chair is the child chair. It's from the age of zero to six. This is when we learn all about true emotions, true needs, spontaneity, passion, intimacy, and vulnerability from the age of zero to six. After the age of six is when the ego starts to drop in. That is from the age of about seven to 24-ish. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what we call the adolescent chair. So really it's from pre-adolescence, adolescence to adolescence. So the adolescent chair is all about ego stuff. So think about, again, victim, codependent, narcissist, um, this is where we learn not to live in the moment because the ego always lives in the past and the future. It's always on guard. It's based in fear. This is where we make up stories and assumptions. We really want to go in. We go into our heads and we go, I think I didn't get invited to the party because so-and-so doesn't like me when really we don't know what's true. Really, maybe the email was lost. This is where we are reactionary. This is where we have rage. This is where we defend instead of feeling our emotions. So it's not a bad part of who we are, but it does take some understanding. What we want to do with the adolescent is get to know these parts. The third part of who we are is our adult, what I call the adult chair. This is the healthiest version of self. We move in here 
around the age of 25-ish if we had modeling that showed us how to do it. We quite naturally slide into this adult chair. In the adult chair, we are present moment, we live with fact and truth, we're compassionate, we know how to tune into our child part, the inner child, which is where we feel our emotions, and we don't react to them, but instead we process and then we respond. This is where we have compassion, again, for self, for others. This is where we're strong. We can set boundaries. Um, we're very aware in this chair. So that's the goal. So no matter what ailment or what issue that we have, we're able to plug into these three chairs. So when I have client, when I used to have clients, they would come into my office. I'd have three chairs that were set up and I'd say, do a check-in from the chairs. So this is that gestalt therapy. And I'd have people, let me give you an example. I remember this girl came in and she was hysterically crying. And I said, what's going on? She said, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I know I'm going to lose my job. And I said, well, do a check-in from the chairs. And she jumped in the adult chair and she says, I'm going to lose my job. And I said, is that fact and truth? Because from our adult, we live in fact and truth in this very moment. She says that it is true. And I said, how do you know? And she says, well, everyone else um, that has been hired up to me has been let go, or excuse me, after me has been let go. So I'm next on the list. I said, so is that an assumption that you're getting fired or is that truth? She says, well, it's an assumption. I said, get over, you're in your adolescent chair. And she says, oh, wow, okay. And I said, so that's not true. That's an assumption. And I said, what do we know that's true? And then she said, well, my boss loves me. He says he can't do anything without me. I'm his right hand. You know, she went on and on. And I said, so... We don't even know that you're ever going to get fired. I said, but we do want to be adults about this. So let's go ahead and send a resume out. Let's start thinking through this just in case. As it turns out, she never even got fired. In fact, she, um, she ended up leaving on her own because she was always worried about getting fired. But this is how we typically show up from this adolescent chair. We show up from this part of us that lives in fear, that lives in story and assumption that's not even, I mean, and when we ask ourselves what's fact and truth, boom, we snap out of that fear because most of the time that fear isn't real and that's where we live. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I think part of my experience in it was reliving and being stuck and trapped in fear of the past. Right. And I, I think that right. probably holds true for, for many adult survivors of, of childhood trauma about there was, you know, I, I think there's one thing to have the conversation and to be in that present moment and go, okay, this is the scope in which through I'm looking at life. Can I make yeah. meaning of that? And then there's everything that happens when you walk out of the office. So yeah. Yeah. from a practical standpoint, one of the things that helped me tremendously was just understanding kind of like the system of change and how you reprogram mm -hmm. your brain and how you make meaning of things that are happening in your life. But but it took me a while to really hold on to the fact, like as I was walking down the street, chances are I probably wasn't going to get murdered. So I didn't need to have my keys between my knuckles. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and I think part of it is just living. Part of it is the experience of going through those things that you are learning and trying to understand in this human experience. But for people who, you know, they go through coaching and, and they're on the edge, they're on the precipice of feeling like this change that can happen can happen, but they mm -hmm. yet remain stuck. How do you start to bridge that gap so that people can actually start to elicit change in their life? 
We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Well, you know what? We use a lot of different techniques within the adult chair model. So one of them is parts work. One of them, another technique that I love is doing inner child work. So when you talk about change, the adult or the inner child work is in my opinion, like such foundation, because that's where so much of our wounding happens is while we're in this younger state. So I teach people how to reconnect with the inner child, but the inner child is where all of our emotions are. It's where our true needs are. And we don't know what our true needs are. We know what we want. We don't know what our true needs are. A true emotional need is something like, I want to, I need a hug. Or, I need you to tell me I'm okay. Or I need you to tell me that I matter. So when you start teaching people these things, this is where change really starts to happen. So when they leave the office, I give them ideas on how to work with the inner child. So they can go home and keep working and they come back and they go, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Like I've got this relationship with this part of me and it's being integrated and everything in my life is starting to change. I've seen this like thousands of times in my office, like over and over and over again, just people keep changing just by working with that inner part because we cut ourselves off from that part when there's trauma. And even if there's not trauma, most parents don't reflect back to us. Hey, you know, Michael, what are you feeling today? Or how does that make you feel when so-and-so or what happened? That doesn't happen or that didn't happen. At least I don't know about parents today. I think they're getting a little better at it, but that needed to happen for us when we were growing up. So would we have to learn how to reparent ourselves now. And that's how we'd start this change and continue the change when they're not in an office and when they're on their own at home. One of the one of the more fascinating aspects of my journey was recognizing and understanding how dissociated I was and, and connecting that to being, you know, four, eight, 12, 15 years old and saying, I literally learned how to turn off and, and, and understand that was an autonomic response to the stimulus that was in my life. And it was a parameter of safety that needed to happen in order for me to probably make it to this moment. But tapping into the, the inner child part of myself was arguably more difficult than most other things, because the only thing I ever wanted to do when I was a kid was be a grown up. Right. And so there mm -hmm. is this big disconnect. It took me a long time. And, and I think I'll always be working on, on connecting that a little bit deeper. But for, for practicality's sake, can you give us a couple of examples of things that people who are listening right now where they're like, I'm very disconnected from the reality of my emotional state? What, mm -hmm. what are one or two things that they could do or, or think about or contemplate to start to rebuild that or even for the first time build that relationship with themselves? I love that. That's a great question. Um, the thing is, is uh, like you said, disassociation happens with so many of us. 
And what we need to do is to learn how to become present with ourselves, sitting quietly, feet on the ground, and just noticing your feet are on the ground, taking some deep breaths, closing your eyes and noticing what, what do I feel in my body? So instead of going after emotions, and I've had people that sit with me and they're like, I, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm all stressed out. No, 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 no. It's okay. We want to take this slow because so many of us don't know how to feel our emotions, but you do know possibly how to feel something going on in the body. And when you close your eyes and you've got your feet on the ground, you're taking some slow, deep breaths, bringing yourself into the moment, and you look at what's going on in the body with curiosity, which means you might feel a teeny tiny tightness in your stomach. And I mean tiny. You might feel a tiny little tightness in your throat. So be with that. Those are emotions that you're feeling physically, and that's perfect. This is a phenomenal place to start. And you're again, you don't go at it like you're tackling the emotion. You're looking at it with curiosity, like, gosh, you know, am I feeling anything? Maybe. Let me close my eyes and check. And you close your eyes. You might feel your shoulders start to come up a little bit. That's something too. So we start there. You don't have to label the emotion, but you just tune into the physical body and then you be with whatever you're feeling. So if you have a little, little teeny tiny knot in your stomach or your shoulders or whatever it is, sit with it, be with it, feel it, and just breathe. That's it. You don't have to do anything. But what happens is when you give attention to that emotion, physically speaking, it moves through you. In fact, emotions only last 90 seconds when you're in them. The reason that they last longer is that we make up a story about the emotion, which drags it out longer and longer. But when you're purely feeling an emotion, it moves through. And I have worked with, I don't, I've lost track of how many people that say, I can't feel I'm like, let's just get curious about the body. They'll feel something, we be with it, and it moves through every single time. I've never had someone not be able to do this, but it's slight. And that's why I invite people to close their eyes. Just get inside the body. If you don't want to close your eyes, you don't have to, but tune in what's going on. And when you can tune into that, you can start feeling your emotions and it builds from there. So that's a great way to start. Great place to start. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to not run from it. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's the, that's the really scary part of this whole thing is, you know, I, I recall when I first got deeper into this side of the work where, you know, six, seven years ago, I'd be in the therapist's office and, and he would say, okay, go through this process, blah, 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 blah. What do you feel? I'd be like, nothing. Right. I'm just like mm -hmm. emotionally shut off in this really intensive way um, because yeah. it's safety. And and you talk about this idea of letting go. How do you how do you let go while understanding that the the physiological response that you are not experiencing is built into an autonomic response of safety? Because I, I think what happens is, is people are just like it is so native. Let, let me run through this. Mm -hmm. In, yeah. in my perspective, as someone with like an A score, really had fucked up childhood, right? So I would mm -hmm. be in this place where, you know, the emotion would, it would just rise to this place. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. no matter what, it's going away. Happiness, mm -hmm. sadness, joy, fear, love, lust, guilt, shame, whatever. And mm -hmm. at one point I thought, and you've probably experienced this with clients as well. I was like, oh, I must be a sociopath because I feel mm -hmm. 
nothing. Yeah. And I know there are people having that experience and they're hearing you and they've heard me or they heard me and they've listened to hundreds of these episodes so far. Mm -hmm. And they're still like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So when you're in this position mm -hmm. and you're just so deep into the autonomic conditioned into subconsciously and someone says mm -hmm. you will just feel the emotion. And I'm like, I can't cause it's fucking turned off. Yeah. How do you do that? Um, what I would do is put something on your lap, like a, like I, in my office, I used to have a really heavy little, like the size of a little pillow, like a bean bag, or you can take some heavy books and you put them on your lap for weight because you want to ground yourself. You want to keep yourself somehow in the body. I remember working with people too. I would say, okay, go stand up against the wall and push against the wall as hard as you can then what comes out. And I mean, I remember working actually with a lot of men and they would just start screaming. And I said, what's going on? They're like, I feel anger. I feel rage. Great. Let it. And I had in my office soundproof walls. So it was fabulous. And they would just start screaming. And I loved it. And it was amazing because just standing and pushing on a wall and having some kind of resistance, let so much come out. And underneath Again, that anger, that rage, that defense, it was, a, it was a defense and thank God it was there. They needed for it to be there when they were younger, but they didn't need it now. But underneath that, it was beautiful, like tears, sadness, like all of these other things that were underneath that that anger and weight, rage were protecting. So having weight or pushing on something is another way to help get these emotions up and out and through. Another thing is, um, I mean, you can go outside, you can chop wood, you can go outside, you can, or go in your room and punch a pillow, do something physical to start getting the energy moving. Understand that emotions are just energy. They're just energy. And we want to get that energy to move, not just move, but we want you to sense it. So if you're physically doing something like punching a pillow, screaming into a pillow, something like that in the moment after is when you are then, then your muscles start to, um, to loosen, then the emotion can start coming up. And again, it might not be an emotion. It might be that tightness in your stomach. It might be the tightness in your chest. So those are two or three different things that you can do. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and, you know, there, there's something, and, and I don't know if you'll agree, but in, in my journey, and obviously in being in your own journey, there's, there's a sense of freedom that comes with that, that, that yeah. letting go is, you know, the analogy I like to use, it's carrying a backpack full of bricks with you until you yeah. decide not to carry them any longer. And, and I, I, I often get pushback. And so I'm really curious about your thoughts on this from people. When, when I talk about the idea that to a certain extent, like there's choice that you are making and whether or not you are in your stuckness. Mm -hmm. And so I recognize, and again, it's not to say there are not biological markers that may be indicative that I'm wrong. I'm not saying that's not the truth, but I also think about the reality that you can be taking action in your life. There are things mm -hmm. that you can do. There are movements that you can make. How yeah. important do you think is, is decision-making and follow-through us? Are you saying the decision-making to change, shift, or grow, or transform? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important. You have to decide, I'm ready, and I'm ready to move forward. But I want to say something about that, too. Another thing I just want to point out is that in the adult chair model, we work with something called parts. 
And it, it, I really believe we have so many different parts of self. So even though you're looking at me, you know, Michelle and you, Mike, Michael, you know, it's one of us, but really we're a cast of thousands on the inside. We have the perfectionist, the rager. We all have all the same parts. Some of them are more dominant than, than other parts. So we have parts though that protect us. So again, with me, I was a disassociator as well. I didn't want to feel anything. I was like, I'm out. So you might want to also get in touch with that part that is blocking from feeling those emotions or blocking from moving forward. So if you're visual, you close your eyes and you say, am I ready to move forward? What's blocking me? Close your eyes. Is it a brick wall? Is it a cement wall? Is it a person standing there? What's going on? And I love to invite my clients to write about it, to talk about like, who is it? What's in the way? What does that part of you need to know? Well, it needs to know that, that I'm okay as, as I move forward and nothing bad's going to happen. Because here's the thing. These parts that are blocking us are more than likely from a long time ago when we had that trauma. So they're there for a good reason. But what we want to do is get in touch with that part. Talk to that part. You can write it down. If you're not a visual person, you might hear words. If you're not, if you can't hear words, you're going to sense something. Like you might say to yourself, I don't know what it is, but something's telling me not to move forward. So we use these words from our parts all the time. So pay attention. Something's telling me not to move forward. What's something? Who is, is again, is it a person inside of you? Is that a part? Is it a wall? What is it? So you start talking to that part. That's so helpful with, again, feeling the emotions or making that decision to move forward. Because maybe you can't make that choice to move forward because there's a part that's saying, no freaking way are you going to move forward. This is not, this is too scary. And what you have to do is then educate that part. So you say, hey, guess what? I'm however years, years old that you are today. Like, hey, I'm 40 years old. I'm not six anymore. I'm not 10 anymore. I'm 40 and I can do this. I'm safe. And then that part goes, oh my God, I didn't even know. What, you're 40? I thought you were seven. No. And then what you find is the resistance starts to go away. So these resistant, quote unquote, parts of us, they're real. And if you feel that, I encourage people to turn toward it. You can't ignore it because it's going to be there until you pay attention to it and give it attention and talk to it and, and, and figure out why it's blocking. And, and when you're having that conversation, and let's call it self, right? So your, mm -hmm. your, your fear is future. And I think for a lot of people, unfortunately, the fear is success. The fear is, do I deserve to have the life that I believe I'm capable of having? It's the right. narrative ingrained in you from all of the experiences leading up to this moment. There's this huge part of you is like, I want to start that podcast, write that book, ask that person, I'll quit that job, do that, you know, whatever it is, that thing that keeps yeah. you awake at night. And yet you're still in consummate battle with self. So even through the acknowledgement and having the conversation and noticing and bringing presence and awareness to it, yet you still are in this place of stuckness. How do you navigate that? Because I, I, I see and I felt and I've heard and, and my own personal experience even is you're like, I have gone through the process of understanding the pros, the cons, the up, the down, the left, the right of every single thing that happened on the backside of this decision. And in my heart, my soul, my spirit, I go, I know. Oh, I have to do this. And then it's nine months. How do you actually yeah. create that forward momentum? Well, I would do what I just, what I, what I was just talking about, which is parts work. Parts work is huge. I would ask, like, if you were blocked, I would say to you, okay, um, what does it feel like? 
What does it feel like to want to move forward, but you're not moving forward? What is blocking you? Is it something inside of you? Do you get a vi- do you get an image? Yeah, I see a brick wall. Okay, let's talk to that brick wall. What does it want you to know? It's there for a reason. Ask it what its purpose is. These are the questions. You ask the parts, what is your purpose? And more than likely, it's there to protect you. And then you then you let it know how old you are, and which is like a re-education to this part. And then that part goes, oh, wow. Oh, my God. You're what? You're 40? You're 50? You're what? Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know. Yeah. I'm telling you, this work with parts transforms people. It helps them to get unstuck and helps them to move forward. You have to turn toward that part of you, though, that's in the way versus trying to just dialogue with yourself. Like, I'm just going to push forward. Think about like New Year's Day. Everyone goes, I'm going to lose. You know, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this and that. It, it's, it's bullshit. It doesn't ever happen, right? Because there's a part of you that's stuck in the past, just like you're saying. There's a part. It's like we're living with unconsciousness. We've got to become conscious. We've got to start talking to these parts that are in the way. We got to get like the whole team on board and then we can move forward. We've got a lot of parts inside of us that actually are wanting us to do good and to be good, but they, it, it sounds crazy, but we, we don't live very consciously. We live mostly unconscious. We're like, we get up every day, we do the same thing. And then we get, get up the next day and we're doing the same exact thing. It's like, wait, I need to make a new conscious choice for my day today. I'm going to, whatever it might be, write a book, like you said, go to the gym, lose weight, gain weight, whatever it might be. And then you have to go inside of your body. What does that feel like? Yuck, I'm tight. It doesn't feel right. My chest is sore. I don't want to do it. Talk. I love to journal. Write it down. What is it about not moving forward and, and doing the, writing that book? What is blocking you? What's inside? You have to turn toward the thing that scares you. Turn toward what's blocking you. I love that. The, the first thing I write down at all, and I write in my journal every single day, is face fear. And what's yes. so fascinating to me is like, I don't know what that fear is going to be today. I have no idea truly anything. But I, I often, I, I get stuck in this idea that if I don't, and maybe this is a good stuckness, that if I don't face it, my life is not going to be what I believe it's capable of being. And that fear I have found 99% of the time, it's when I face it, my life is actually better, right? It is actually right there. And, and, and I want people to understand like the reality about life. And, and I'm sure that you may agree. I won't put words in your mouth, but I think the reality about life is like, facing the fear often brings out positive. Mm-hmm. It's like right there just waiting for you. And, and the success, the fear of success we have, the weight of the past, all the, the bullshit narratives instilled from uh, into us from other people. Like when you start to release yourself from that, you go for it. Like it's, you know, it's, it's the old adage, burn, or burn the boats to take the island. At some point, yeah. you got to commit. You just got to be in this. When you're in this, what do you think? I want to get personal with you for a moment because I think it matters. Mm-hmm. What do you think is, is one of the greatest commitments that you have made that have that has made a dramatic and, and noticeable difference in your life in this healing journey? Boy, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say it's interesting what you just said. Um, I'm going to say that uh, it wasn't just one thing. What's coming to me are all the times when I wanted to quit and I just kept going. 
I mean, I've had some shitty things happen in my life, like in my career, you know, all these different things. I'm like, but I'm just going to keep going anyway. I'm just going to keep getting up and I'm just going to keep walking. It's a mindset almost versus one thing. And there have been times I'm telling you, I wanted to walk away from everything, everything. I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it for one more day and let's see what happens. And then one more day and then one more day. I, I can't even think about 10 years out or five years out, but I'm like, I'm going to get up and I'm just going to keep going. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. I don't know what today's going to hold, but I'm going to commit to myself. I'm just going to keep going. So for me, I'd have to say that was, yeah, I'm thinking about a lot of things that happened over my life. Like it just wasn't one thing. I just kept going. Cause let me tell you what, when I was younger, suicide, that was like, that was a thought that I had. There's no doubt about it. I was like, I'm so depressed. I'm just going to end this all today. It's going to be a lot easier just to off myself. I'm out. And I would say, or, or do I just take one more day and I just keep going one more day. Let me make it through today and let's see if tomorrow's any different. And I would keep going. But that was when I was younger before I had a business. Now I have a business. I don't think I don't have those thoughts anymore, but there have been times in my business, even when, you know, a marketing company completely screwed me. I lost so much money and I was like, I'm out, I'm done. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep going just one more day. So yeah, I guess it's a mindset for me. It wasn't just one thing. It was so many things. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. I'm right there with you. And I, I think that, you know, ultimately it is, and, and you hear it all the time and it becomes nonplussed, but people are like one day at a time, but it's so true because you can't do anything about tomorrow. You can't do anything about five mm -hmm. seconds ago. I cannot take back anything that's happened ever in the history of my life. The only thing I can do is try to do this moment. And, right. and there's something really beautiful about being present. Like if you can get to that place, like it, it really does feel like a huge game changer. Like even if you're listening to this yeah. right now, I dare you turn off your fucking phone. I dare you go and just be present in the world today and see what happens. Right. You know, I, I, I love this conversation, Michelle. I could literally talk to you all day. I think there's levels again that we can get into with this, but before I ask you my last question, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yep. They just go to the adult chair.com. That's it. There's the podcast and everything else I do is right there at the adult chair.com. Awesome. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And obviously we'll put the links in the show notes and all of those things. My last question for you, my friend, and I think that you'll like this one mm -hmm. is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Ooh, to live authentically for sure to live out loud and not be afraid and authentic. Like to me, authentic is vulnerable and letting the world see who I am. That is living unbroken. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, my friend. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Thank Please you. like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a Until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that on Broken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, 
comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.